Umket Industries proudly presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, a pendant production. In the early spring of 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt ordered the formation of a clandestine squadron of P-47 Thunderbolts. This squadron was known as Brassy Battalion, and this is their story. Tonight's episode, The Uninvited Guest. When we last left our hero, Dixie Stenberg, she was in the air over Southern California, piloting one of the newly modified P-47 Thunderbolts. Just as two German Falk Wolf 190Ss appeared in the sky. Listen. McGuff! What the hell is a Luftwaffe doing on my six? I got no earthly idea, Dixie. If I may interject, Miss Denver, I had them sent over. You what? I got hot lead everywhere. I turned into two Nazis trying to kill me, and you sent them over? Unhand me. You working for the Nazis, Mr. Billings? I assure you I am not, sir. Then explain yourself before I kick you in the britches. Well, we wanted to test the plane, did we not? <laughs> Nika, don't leave me hanging out to dry. This ain't no test. It's madness. She shot one down. Of course she did. You picked her for your test for a reason, didn't you? She's the best there is. Perhaps if I could speak with her again, I could explain the circumstances of the encroachment. Before she got in the air would have been a good time for that. Give me that radio. You'd better round up that fella I shot down, Frank. We don't want Nazis snooping around the hangar. Billingsley said it was all part of some test. Test my fancy behind. Those are real bullets. Real ammo? Well, now I'm glad I slugged ya. Wait a sec. Dix, we got two more coming in from the north. I'm on them. Don't be a damn fool, Dix. You gotta get out of there. I ain't running, Frank. Dix, you're digging your own grave. If I may once more interject. Shut your yap. You've done enough, don't you think? Tell her to check under the seat. Portside. Dix, he says to check under the seat. Portside. I ain't listening to Bill. He's trying to get me killed. Please, Mr. McGuff, make her check. Damn you, feds. Nothing but trouble. Dix, just check under the seat. Frank, don't make me sock you one in your pie hole. Just do it. Frank, I swear. Do it. Fine. Damn crazy dame. Frank, what the hell is this? It's some kind of lever with a compass and a dial. I got no idea. You're asking for it. Tell her to pull it. Pull it. Frank! You're outnumbered three to one. Pull it. Disappeared. Excellent. Traitor. As Dixie pulled the mysterious lever, the world seemed to blur and spin around her. 
She closed her eyes against the vertigo, and when she reopened them, she was in a nosedive over an otherwise serene countryside. Come on, baby, pull up! Pull up, pull up, pull up! Pick up! Frank, you there? What the heck? My fuel's almost gone! I gotta land! With a mastery not off-seen by human eyes, Dixie gingerly landed her gleaming, brass-colored P-47 Thunderbolt in a field near a large and ornate house. They ask what you're doing landing that beautiful machine on my private property, good sir. I ain't no sir. Well, now I've seen everything. A woman pilot. What will they think of next? Why, handheld portable radios, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. This ain't science fiction, pal. You mind telling me where I am? Tsk, tsk, madam. Conversation after customary introductions. It's only polite. Fine, fine. Dixie Stenberg, ace pilot at your service. It is a true pleasure to meet you, Miss Stenberg. I'm Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson, and you've landed your gloriously shining plane on my plantation. Oranges? Peaches. Why, this is Georgia, my dear. But that means I just flew over 2,000 miles. I didn't know these newfangled planes could do that. Me neither. I used to fly the old biplane back in the First World War, but never anything this fancy. But I sure do like what I see. You better be talking about the plane. And now, a word from our sponsor. Suppose you should check through your closet one morning to find that some of your best house dresses had disappeared. Now, you'd be pretty angry about it, wouldn't you? Of course you would. Your husband works hard to buy you those nice things. If you've been using cheap laundry soap, your clothes become worn and frayed until they disappear just as sure as if they'd been stolen away from you. Well, listen now. A very intelligent robot has something very important to tell you. Now, if you knew that your soap was obliterating your clothes, you'd stop using harmful laundry soap, wouldn't you? Of course you would. You're a smart girl. Well, just let me explain what happens when you use inferior soap on your clothes. You see, these cheap soaps weaken the fabric of your clothes like descent weakens America, which of course is exactly what the Nazis want. Why, soon you'll have to ask your husband to buy you entirely new clothes, and he doesn't need that aggravation. There is a lot of expense in continually updating your wardrobe, which you'll agree is costly, because remember, you're a smart girl. Now all that hardship is absolutely unnecessary. You'll certainly praise the day you started using American Patriot soap. You see, American Patriot Soap Flakes were specially made for thorough, safe washing of all your clothes. In other words, they're manufactured particularly for discerning women like you who want to take the fight straight to the Nazis. You have national pride, don't you? What's more, American Patriot Suds are absolutely pure, mild, and 100% American. They leave your home and home front spotless and without a hint of danger. Now thousands of women have learned this lesson, and it's time all women everywhere learned a lesson too. Women save their clothes and are soldiers with American Patriot soap. And that, I think, is a good idea for you, too. Listen to our robot, who, as you'll agree, is very intelligent. So buy American Patriot soap today. It's available at all dealers from Unkit Industries. 
You'll be glad you tried it when you see just how good it makes you feel to do as you are told. We now rejoin our program as Dixie returns from Georgia, anger in her voice and a threat hanging in the air. Feel it, Freudenberg, or so help me. Easy, Dix. I don't know anything, I swear. You just finished modifying the other four birds, didn't you? Yeah, just today. They all have them little lever doohickeys under the seats, too? Yeah, each and every one. Well, why didn't you tell me about it? Hey, sorry, Dix. The boss said he don't pay me to talk, he pays me to fix the birds. <sighs> so I fix the birds. More fixing, less talking. Well, the next time you put something like that under my keister, you tell me. Otherwise, there ain't gonna be a next time. You happy? Yeah. Yeah, Dix, I copy. So, uh, who's this guy with the big white mustache? Never you mind. Come on, Corny. McGuff! Holy moly! Hello, Miss Stenberg. I'm relieved to see you have safely returned. How was your flight? I'll ask the questions, pal. You mind telling me what in the hell happened when I was in that plane? And how I flew 2,000 miles in just a couple seconds? And why you sent German planes to attack me? Oh, she ain't gonna like this. Dixie. Miss Stenberg to you, Bill. Very well. But I must remind you that my given name is Reginald, surname Billingsley. Get on with it, Bill. Well, Miss Stenberg... What you experienced is what we in Army R&D have been referring to as a geoslip. It was just a theory up until now, but thankfully, you've proved its usefulness. You made me some kind of lab rat. Well, we were relatively sure it was going to work as planned. Blockhead. I'm with you, Dix. How do you think you got that shiner? You stood up for me? Frank. Yeah, well, let's don't let it get to your head. Got it? And as I was saying... We were relatively sure it would work, but figured that we would have a hard time convincing even the daring Dixie Sternberg to try something that sounds like it came from a ridiculous, fantastical Tuesday evening radio serial. So that's why you sent the Germans after me? Yes. Although they weren't actually Germans, we recovered a few planes that were shot down and had them shipped back here for analysis, repairs, and rearming. And don't worry about that fellow you shot down. He parachuted out and made it home safely. They weren't supposed to be using real ammo. Yes, they were. They had to be to make the threat real enough to motivate Dixie into pulling the lever. You lied to us and put my friend at risk. Friend? You going all soft on me, Frank? Stuff it, Dix. Look, Billingsley, I don't know where you think you get off. You're missing the point. It worked. But how? It's all in the brass-colored alloy. It allows for a different type of travel. And just how does it do that, Mr. Fancy Pants? That's classified. Well, ain't that convenient. Yes, terribly so. I don't like being no guinea pig, especially for you G-men. Don't you understand what we have here? We now have a squadron of planes that can fly anywhere in the world for a precision attack and then immediately return to the United States afterwards. It could change the face of the war. Hmm. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, Bill, you got a point. Anything that can help wipe that smug look off Hitler's face is probably worth the price. But I still don't trust you. That will come in time. I don't think it will. Oh. Well, uh, 
I see. Bix, that ain't all. Yeah, I know. I brought someone back with me. He's waiting right outside the door. This is a breach of protocol. This project is classified as top secret. Do you know the threat to national security this is? Look, Bill, thanks to your modifications, I was at a fuel after the slip of a jig or whatever you call it, and I had a land. It was on this guy's property. He saw the plane, and you don't forget seeing a plane that gleams like the sun and appears out of nowhere from thousands of miles away, now do ya? I figured bringing him here was the best thing I could do, especially after the long train ride back. She's a smart lady, ain't she? I suppose so. Well, bring him in then. Hey, Corny, come on in. Happy to oblige, madam. But if I may ask, who are these others? Who? Sorry to bother you, boss, but some people just arrived. They said you're expecting them. Show them in, please, Mr. Freudenberg. Uh, right away. As a boss? Who are all you? Ms. Stenberg? Mr. McGuff? Mr. Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson, at your service. Mr. Pearson and Mr. Freudenberg, allow me to introduce you to your new colleagues, your coagitators, your collaborators. Allow me to introduce you to your fellow members of the 1st Brassy Battalion Fighter Squadron. Sir Seizing Confabulators! This production has starred Emily Ledley as Dixie Stenberg. That just ain't right. Shannon Gaffney as Frank McGuff. Reintroducing all those characters at the last second, you mean? Steve Anderson as Reginald Billingsley. Well, it does make you want to tune back in in a couple fortnights to see just who they are. Pete Milan as Freudenberg. I don't care who they are as long as they don't yell at me. John Solzbach as Cornelius Robert Sims Pearson. Well, that would be rather ungentlemanly of them, wouldn't it? I say. Julie Goldstein as the robot. Even robots have more manners than that. And Jeffrey Bridges as the commercial announcer. Quiet, Robin. Get back to the laundry. Chop, chop. This is Seth Adams' sure. Stay tuned next time as Dixie meets a global menagerie with the official formation of the 1st Brassy Battalion Fighter Squadron on September 5th, 2006. Only at PendantAudio.com. You've been listening to a Pendant production of the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, brought to you by Umket Industries, maker of American Patriot Soap. And remember... Only Nazis don't use American Patriot Soap. You're not a Nazi, are you? Stay safe, America, and good night. This production was written by Jeffrey Bridges and directed by Seth Adam Schur. Umket Industries presents the Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion Adventure Theater, created by Jeffrey Bridges, copyright 2006, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.